Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to our third special podcast from uh, E3. Uh, this is uh, well, it's the IGN UK podcast, as always, and I am Alex, and I'm joined by, as always, Sad Dan. Not all, as always. Well, for these podcasts, these special podcasts, Dan has been here. Yeah. He has tried to worm his way out, but he's been here. Hello, Dan. I, I can't think of anything amusing to say. <laughs> and now that's not a first, is it? <laughs> now, Tom's also here. Yes, I am. So, this is the second day of E3, um, and it's been quite a normal day, actually, after what has been one hell of a week um, we just had the chance to see and play some games today yeah I mean I it was probably the first day since I've been in the States I actually got a good night's sleep as well which was uh, something yeah. else so that was yeah. quite exciting waiting up, waking up fresh and ready to go and oh, see I didn't wake up fresh but that's because I was on the radio at 1am in the morning yeah do you want to plug that where can you listen to that yeah, well, uh, I've forgotten the name. Of the, uh, Nicky Campbell. Anybody who listens to Nicky Campbell on Radio 5 Live, he doesn't talk like that, but he may as well, can listen to me. And apparently I was used on the news bulletins talking about Wii U. So wow, Wii U. Exactly. Wii U, Wii U. So uh, here we are. Uh, what day is it? So it's Wednesday today. It's become a bit of a blur. Uh, yeah. And uh, it's the end of the show. Almost the end of the show. I've only got a, uh, literally mopping up to do tomorrow. So how has the show been for you, Dan Kilby? Really, really good. Obviously, hectic, massively busy, but it's my first E3, and by default, my favourite E3. What <laughs> What was different? Uh, what was your preconceptions about E3, and how was it different from that? Um, I didn't think that everyone who had a stand would go to the lengths that they did. It's uh, insanely huge. Yeah, I mean, it's huge, but the the level of detail that goes into each stand is just amazing. Yeah. Do you know if they start from fresh every year with their stands? Well, some of it they must do. Um because if you like, you take Bethesda stand for example, they've got this fucking enormous dragon from Elder Scrolls Skyrim uh, on it, and obviously you know this would be the first time that they've kind of showed that in in that capacity. Um, I don't know if you can kind of use like basic shell structure. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, but millions and millions are spent on this stuff. Yeah. Um, and all of them are kind of different, and you know, yeah. you, you look at like Nintendo's versus Sony's versus Microsoft's. They're all different. Some are kind of closed, some are open plan, and some like uh, 2Ks. Uh, oh you yeah. Know, so specifically themed around the game. So you've got you go into the Bioshock um, demo area, and it's all kind of themed in a, Americana. You go into uh, XCOM, and it's all kind of like sort of 1950s kind of like secret labs and shit. Um, and then uh, the other one was the darkness, which is kind of like you know, sort of the ghetto, the so, ghetto, yeah, in the ghetto. So it is like you know, as I said yesterday, it, it, anyone who loves games, if they ever get the ex- the chance to come out to E3, it's a or the hell excuse. Of an experience. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Tom? Uh, yeah, it's been really good. It's been a bit of an eye opener. Um, I guess that uh, I never expected the show floor to be that intense. What did that guy say today? How many people they said was there? Like oh, se- like 73,000. 73,000 people in two massive great halls. I can see that. Plus in, all the meeting In one rooms. day? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I can see that because there was a, a few points where I had to go from one hall to the other to get to appointments. And it's just carnage. And I 
I was losing my temper at one point. I just felt like you know, punching people in the face and shoving them out of the way. But I think the one thing it's missing is sort of a live entertainment area. I guess there probably are, but I don't really... I don't think there is. I saw like uh, somewhere where bands might have played or someone might have done a live performance, but I think something like that would be really cool. Well, Ubisoft had a stage where they were doing... Well, actually, Activision were doing game demos on their stage. And Ubisoft were doing live demos of like getting people up and do, to do like Just Dance three, uh, and they had Rocksmith playing, so they had some bands there. But um, like when Activision had DJ Hero, they had um, you know like DJs playing kind of like tunes and shit like that. But obviously they don't have that anymore. The I mean the only thing with I guess live music is that it's just seems to, everyone seems to be so busy, mm. and there's appointments left, right, and centre that uh, I can imagine people just go well. Are people going to be able to watch this? Cause yeah, but no, see, that's that's for us. There's, there are tons of people there. Like Tom, you were saying that the, the people queuing to see Battlefield 3. Yeah, the poor guy. been in the queue for three, uh, two and a half hours and he was only halfway there or something. Yeah, I mean, he he was obviously quite keen to see it. I mean, everyone is sick, keen to see it. Yeah. And the the thing that we have over other people maybe there just to see everything is that we have the IGN badge and we can sort of say hey can we get in and Open see this doors. it does open doors which is really cool and uh, very grateful to all the PRs that helped yeah. us out um, without them obviously our shows would have been completely different actually I just have a, a very special thank you uh, to Will Guyatt who's our PR man back in the UK oh my god because uh, he's been doing amazing getting us out there and talking about games and stuff so well done Will big Willie style cheers Will so uh, let's talk about uh, the day that we've just experienced so it kicked off this morning uh, w- well with me forgetting my badge <laughs> <laughs> and I went all the way to the show and had to come back to the hotel so that was a waste $30 time. later uh, good god then. yeah um, but you went in to see some Nintendo stuff mm-hmm. that you didn't see yesterday so what was it uh, yeah we're really keen to um, obviously everyone was really blown away with the Wii U stuff so all the other stuff kind of the Wii and the 3DS stuff got pushed to one side kind yeah. of in our minds so I thought we'd go back and make the most of the 3DS area, which was really cool because it wasn't that busy, was it? No, we got there really early. I mean, the oh. Nintendo stand is amazing. So it's this one huge white block with yeah. Nintendo all on all sides. So it's all enclosed inside. And the queue for the Wii U went round all the way round the block. like hell on earth yeah. looking at that queue. Yeah. Um, so we went. they said, just go and have a look at the 3DS. So we went up there and had a play with Super Mario, yeah. which is really cool. Looks nice. Yeah, yeah it looks really good. We also went and had a look at um, Super Mario Kart. Um, I didn't play that. What did you think? It's good. It's good. I mean, really? it, it, the, it's the thing. Kart. Yeah, the thing that they were showing off was the, fl- the the gliding bit, which obviously was shown in the um, yeah. uh, in the the press, uh, conference. the press conference. Yeah, and um, when I saw Miyamoto yesterday, he was saying that the idea of flying he wasn't so sure of, but he loves it that much now that he wants to call it Super Mario Kite. So maybe that's a franchise. Nice. What he's done there. Yeah, that might be a franchise that's coming out soon. Super Mario Kite. So, do you have much control over the gliding, or is yes? It? But I mean, you don't. You can't just uh, you can't initiate just, the glide. Yeah, yeah. It's off jumps, and yeah. then the glide kicks in. Yeah. And by the looks of it, you can select different types of glides as well. So you can, it's an add-on right. for your cart rather than. Well, being they showed that stuff off. They showed like you, you. There's a lot more kind of customization over your cart now. Mm. Like before, you could choose a driver and a, a cart. Whereas now you can choose driver, you know, cart, wheels, and yeah, all the different bits and, and pieces, yeah. like you know the chassis, blah 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 blah. Uh, and obviously, it's very kind of Mario Kart in style. It's not kind of you know, yeah, it feels like whatever. yeah, it feels like Mario Kart yeah, definitely. So. so that was cool. Star Fox, which you didn't play, did no, you? I didn't play that one. But that was set up for the four-player multiplayer, which is really cool because yeah. it, it shows up your face over your spaceship. Yeah, that looked good. 
And so you're shooting the other people, and you can see them going, oh, get off me. Um, Did you uh, play it using tilt controls or traditional Well, that's controls? the thing. They said, oh, we're pushing... Uh, use the motion use the motion control, but if I use the motion control, I have to turn the 3D off, because if yeah. I started doing that, then it just threw the 3D out. Mm, yeah. Um, so I just, just used the nubbin instead, and right, okay. that was cool. So, yeah, really enjoyed that. FIFA I played 12. a bit. Oh, yeah. Did you play that? Yeah. Okay. And? Yeah. Re- really, really good. Really good fun. 3D looks great as well. I found it a little bit, a lot easier to pick up and play than I did Pez on 3DS. Right. Uh, and I played a bit of uh, Snake Eater. Yes. Which is exactly as you'd imagine it to be. It's just like Peace Walker, right? Yeah. The controls exactly are exactly like the same, Walker. yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure what I was expecting, but I played it and I was like, mm, yeah, I've seen that before. But mm. the 3D looks really good, doesn't it? <laughs> I think it's one of the best. Well, you know me, I'm not convinced by 3D on 3DS. I turned it off. Um, Dan came over and went, why have you turned it off? I was like... Just was when I was playing Ocarina, yeah. uh, and I've only just been playing a little bit of that. I turned it off because the 3D for me gets in the way. Yeah, I, I saw uh, Resident Evil Revelations as well. A little play on that. That and, was and was it a revelation? It was. I I was really you've loved really every happy. game you've played. <laughs> I know. Well, I, I forget about the ones that I don't like. Um, but that yeah, that f- was brilliant. I think it was the level I was on was in a haunted house. Well, I'd say a haunted house, a house. Um, Is it haunted? <laughs> well, it had a load of zombies in it. I don't know if that counts as haunting. Okay. But <laughs> but it kind of felt like it had taken Resident Evil back to its roots, where you know, real horror and the atmosphere I'm was going brilliant. Back to my roots. See, that was one of the other games that I played. Well, sorry, I didn't. I saw a demo of it being played. Was Far Cry Three, and that was a game that's seems to me that's been taken back to the original Far Cry because I don't really like Far Cry 2 that much set in the desert and that's not what Far Cry is about mm. it's about lush kind of tropical jungles Far Cry 3 is very much in that vein and it's the same thing that you know you're dropped at point A your objective is point B but how you get there is entirely up to you and it's you know uh, the bit that I saw was you start off at the top of uh, a mountain there's a, a base at the bottom you've got to get to a helicopter and you can either go down through the jungle, flank the guys, or you can go down on the zip line, all these different ways, or you can go down in, in the river. Um, and that looked really, really smart. So, yeah. And it did look beautiful. So um, definitely keep an eye out for that. Yeah, looking forward to that. And that was actually that was part of a Ubisoft booth tour. What else did I see? I saw um, Brothers in Arms. Um, How's that? It's got a funny name. Brothers in Arms. Furious 4. Furious 4, that's it. I like Brothers in Arms, the kind of original. And this is like... Inglorious Bastards, basically. So they've kind of taken it in a different way. They, uh, Inglorious Bastards crossed with Team Fortress 2 is basically the best way to describe it. Not, re- It didn't really blow me away, but I think some people will probably quite like it. Actually, I think you'll probably quite like it. There's there was a whiff of Duke Nukem about it. Sweet. Oh, that Duke stinks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Smells Duke, of awesome. Duke, Duke's dirty bum crack. <laughs> um, and then uh, I saw Ghost Recon Future Soldier, which... Again, big fan of Ghost Recon Advanced Warfighter, and this, it didn't feel like a Ghost Recon game. And, you know, it's not out till next year, uh, and so, you know, they've got a little while to kind of perfect it all. But it looked a bit ropey, um, and as I say, in terms of tactics, there weren't many. And that that's why I liked Ghost Recon, because it was more tactical. Was there invisibility in the one that you liked? Yep. Oh, No. That's for Future Soldier. Yeah, that's what I thought. Uh, and it's it's in this game. And and you know what? It doesn't really kind of get in the way. It's not because when they showed at E3 last year, the invisibility just made you invincible because you could just go around and do everything. Whereas here, like if, obviously, if you're firing and the enemy spots you, then you lose your invincibility. Uh, sorry, invisibility, for example. So there was that. And then what else did I see? 
God, I'm trying to think now. Oh, uh, I know what you did see. What? Tintin. I did see Tintin, you're right. Uh, and I know that I cussed you on yesterday's podcast, but it's actually pretty good. So what is it? A side-scrolling It's like platform, Yeah, or? like properly an old-school kind of side-scrolling platform. There's a... Like Duke Nukem Manhattan Project. Uh, I don't know about that. Um, but um, uh, Impossible Mission on the C64. <laughs> it really reminded me of that, but a bit more sophisticated. But it's like full of character. Um, it looked pretty good in 3D. Um, and obviously they showed the trailer off and with the kind of the distinctive style of the, the movie itself I thought it fit together really well So, and did they give any indication as to whether uh, Peter Jackson Steven Spielberg were involved well it was introduced by Steven Spielberg and Peter Jackson really were they wanking each other off not in real life no <laughs> they weren't they were just saying you know, were they touching each other's beards uh, they, they weren't, weren't in the same, in the same shot Oh, I really? don't think so. Uh, I don't think it was like, you know, Jackson was on his knees and Spielberg was mounting him from behind. <laughs> oh <my laughs> Imagine being double teamed by those two. Uh, yeah, nobody oh nobody needs to think about that. Two industry legends that you've just... Yeah, and they are legendary, but, you know, no one <laughs> is above being bummed by another. So. <laughs> no, no one is beyond the iGen UK scorn of male, inter-male sex. Yeah. That's just how we roll. Um, uh, and I think that was pretty much it for the highlights of Ubisoft. Like they had Just Dance 3 there, but there's no way that I was getting on stage to play that. But there were some fit girls playing it. Did you nice. see the girl with the cool hair? She had like a wig No, on. no, that's Dance Central. All oh, right. Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't see her because that was a different game. <laughs> um, and then, uh, well, I met you, Dan, to go and see... Elder Scrolls Five Skyrim. Well, should, should we tell Skyrim. you what we did before you went and saw Skyrim? No, no. We, we had a great day. Skyrim. <laughs> we'll save your bits or last because I think that's probably more exciting. All right then. So, yeah, that was a long demo. It's like half hour long. I think I think you needed something like that though, just to really show it off because there's so much in there. It seems. I, I mean, the, the game world looks huge. It looks vast, and huge. you know, it's like classic Elder Scrolls. And so they started off in uh, the valley of some kind of like pretty little sunny place, and then looked up at to the peaks of this snowy mountain and said, you know, obviously this being an Elder Scrolls game, you can go up there. So you know, over the next kind of fifteen minutes or so, he made his way up to the top of the mountain. It went from being kind of you know a lush. Um, uh, it was a, a village that sort, sort of, of thrived forest, on yeah. timber and everything, wasn't it? So, and you could Im- make an impact on that. So, you know, you, you could burn the timber and bring the kind of little village to its knees and all that kind of stuff if you wanted. Or to. you could help out and chop, chop wood, wood yourself, and all that yeah. kind of shit. So, it's you know, literally is has broad and expansive game as you can think. Uh, but anyway, they got to the top of the mountain, and then they showed off some of the dragons, and uh, but yeah, there was just so much shit going on in there. Yeah, like the kind of the character development thing is so complex there are so many different things that you know you can become better at actually in- increasing your um, weapon skill is easy like if you keep on using a single handed sword then your single handed sco- sword skills will go up but they had loads of different spells like billions of different spells yeah. in addition to that like your character that you play is born of dragon so he can speak the language of dragons and you get to different places and you learn different runes to combine to to come up with other well it was magical powers it wasn't spells yeah. but it was other stuff yeah it's like so um, you could breathe fire was one of them yeah and you could call in a storm to strike lightning at your enemies and stuff but oh my god it was like properly complicated and you know it's, too much to fathom it, it looks, doesn't sound like my sort of game to be honest it looks no. really rewarding though yeah I, I really think rewarding. it's one of those games that anyone who loved Oblivion will 
go mental for this because oh it's like God. that times four. Yeah. My housemate will literally cream himself. Yeah, and and also it looks great as well. And I think that they've redesigned the engine and everything, haven't they? So all the animations are great. And rather than it look, because sometimes it can kind of, everything can look a little bit disconnected. Everything everything kind of felt like it. Yeah, was. Don't know the physics were just like really felt like they're connecting with each other. Good. They still had rats that you had to fight there. <laughs> you not just have something a bit better than shitty rats. It's like uh, Borderlands when you're just fighting wasps oh, all the time. Man. Honestly, that was the worst thing about Borderlands. I love Borderlands, but fighting those scrags to level up, like uh, oh man. Anyway, who were we talking about space dragons with the other day? Was it Hillary? Uh, yeah, we were. <laughs> oh, no, no, it was alien dragons, and it was because it was like. <laughs> You know, someone said something about uh, aliens, and so, and then Hillary said, "Well, who knows? You know, doesn't mean to say that dragons aren't from outer space. Because where are dragons from? It's true. So I'd like to see a volcanoes. dragon flying a spaceship. Let someone make that happen. Uh, what you say that all dragons are from volcanoes? Yep, that's why there's a problem with the uh, <laughs> Icelandic. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, they've got a, a dragon it's, problem. It's not the case that the the uh, ash cloud could." Break propellers. It's a case that there's a dragon might propellers. pop out. <laughs> what? <laughs> or jet engines. Jesus Christ. <laughs> jet engines. Oh. It's a case that a dragon might pop out. You need a holiday, man. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, obviously, I'm. That's BSing. one thing that I wish they had at the show was an insight into Dan's mind, like a 30, 30 minute showcase. <laughs> so that would have literally blown my mind in three D. I, I haven't. I have. We have a video insight into Dan's mind. Oh, we do. Yeah. Which we will post as soon as we can. Up onto Facebook. Which which happened at the Duke Newcombe stand. But uh, when you see that, you will just you'll understand, Dan. It was good fun. <laughs> Um, I also saw Prey 2 at the Bethesda stand, which had a, more than a whiff of um, uh, Blade Runner about it. Ah, Prey 2. Jeez, is that it? <laughs> is that it? That's as good as it gets. <laughs> but it, so the kind of um, uh, the environment, the cityscape was uh, inspired, but I think they called it Alien Noir, but, you know, neon lit kind of stuff. And it wasn't, it wasn't exactly like... Um, Blade Runner but you kind of did a load of mercenary stuff so you're walking through the streets using your scanner and you could interact with people so you know there would be people being kicked shitless you could go to the rescue of that person but if you do that then you incur the wrath of the kind of bad guys and you you become the hunted becomes the the hunter becomes the hunted all that kind of stuff Mm. but again loads of moral choices which very much seems to be the kind of you know the theme of of games these days is you know do the right thing do the don't do the right thing, etc. So, but again, interesting, not mind blowing. I've seen so many first person shooters over the last three days. It's like, oh my god, I like first person shooters, but there's just a few too many. Yeah, I saw a bit of Rage being played as well. That looks brilliant. Game of the show last year. I was, yeah. So, be interesting. See what the gets game show this year. So that will be going live up on the site. Well, on Friday. Talking of game of the shows, one of the things I saw went and saw today because I'd heard good things about it was Tomb Raider. Yep. And Tomb Raider has so many Game of the Show nomination like placards outside it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. insane. And uh, so I went and saw it. It was packed, packed out. And uh, it w- I was pleasantly surprised. Obviously, we saw the demo uh, at Microsoft's press yeah. conference. It's a lot longer, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. So when they showed on the Microsoft press conference, it went on for about seven minutes, yeah. would you say? So the first part of that next there was an extended part of that where they had to solve some puzzles where yeah. you set fire to things and yeah. I mean their their sort of buzzwords are it's all about Lara and her survival um and about how she learns uh, sort of things there's a couple of weird things where she was uh, she seemed didn't seem like the Lara Croft of old so I guess it's yeah. about her growing into her character she seemed quite um demure 
um, not very sort of forthcoming. Right. She had a mentor who I, I guess is possibly friends of her parents. Right. Called Conrad. Um, and it's all about the survival and learning how to get through your environment. And it was quite interesting how when they showed it, the, the dynamic camera stuff, where when you're in a tight space, they get really close in on yeah, Lara. Yeah. And, and that's all, it's all really claustrophobic. You go out into the open world and it's like Tomb Raider of old. You just see these huge vistas. Oh, really? Okay. Um, and it was really really cool. They showed you a camp, uh, like a base camp where you were. And uh, from that base camp, you then explore the rest of the island. And so yep. you can go there and that's where you do your leveling up and survival learning sort of stuff. Yeah. And um, you get objects which then open up different paths. So they, she got given the, like a climbing pick and that opened up more paths because she could then climb up it. And uh, it just seemed really, really, really polished. And it, it, we, we could obviously compared it to um uncharted 3 uncharted and uncharted obviously is a big derivative of tomb raider anyway and it just yeah. seems to be reclaiming that crown back That's by add, by adding in an, another layer of of the experience so yeah. where when we uh, we'll come on to uncharted but when we when you play uncharted it's a very linear sort of experience yeah. you're very much the, dr- driven along a path but tomb raider seems like it's a more expansive experience okay. where you're learning and you're picking things up and you have to and she has this instinct thing where you can learn from the environment and all that sort of stuff. And um, yeah, it seemed really good. I'm all for healthy competition. Yeah, yeah definitely. Mean, it's like, that's the thing is that, you know, well, Call of Duty has been running away with it for so long. So it's nice to have Battlefield on the scene. And same here. It'd be nice to get Lara Croft back in her boots. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple of really dodgy bits, though, with her acting. Again. Right. So how they have this. Am- I, I assume it's an American person doing an English accent because it does right. vary. And there's a bit where she's talking to her mentor, mentor, and she calls him an old Yorkshire bastard. <laughs> it's just like, would would someone actually say you old that? Yorkshire bastard. You old yeah. Yorkshire bastard. And uh, and also, there's a bit where she fixes his leg after he's been attacked by a dog, a wolf. Yeah. And he's like, "Oh, Laura, where did you learn that?" And she goes, "Oh, from the late shift at the Nine Bells." It's like, no, oh, no, cliche. Yeah. Like it was just, it was, yeah. it was a bit cheesy. So, yeah. if the if where it's lacking behind in Uncharted seems to be the voice acting right. and that sort of thing, but everywhere else it seems to be doing but really well. I think um, what I didn't, I was obviously, obviously wasn't with you, but from the Microsoft demo, um, what was really cool was when she was running away and she was kind of whimpering a little bit. I think that just really showed a, like a different side to character, like like it you said before. She seems a lot more vulnerable, yeah. Yeah. a lot yeah. more like she's learning her trade. Yeah. There's also a, a line in the demo about um, her being uh, a croft. So obviously it's a family of heritage right. in that sort of thing. And her mentor says, oh, you are a croft, you just need to learn learn about it yet. So it's about right. her becoming Lara Croft, I think, is, is the main thing about that. Ooh, could that be setting it up for sequels and prequels of a like family I think it, I, I imagine it'll could form awesome. sort of flashbacks and you'll yeah. get to learn more about Lara through that but um, yeah I can see why there's buzz about it it does seem really good it does seem awesome and so what was the other stuff you saw while I was seeing Ubisoft uh, tell them what oh well okay so before we went into Vita which we'll come on to we went me and Dan went and had a look at Dead Island and it's rubbish and it's alright no, right. hang on. You said it's quite good. Actually. It's actually quite good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, obviously, you said you're bored of first-person shooters. I think it's quite a nice little spin on a first-person shooter. Okay. And also, the island itself 
is really well realised. Like, obviously, it's set on a holiday island, yeah. but that holiday feeling is there. Right. But there's just fuckloads of zombies there, okay. and they're just getting, they're just eating stuff and attacking buildings and also around, just yeah. wandering around. And you're obviously picking up weapons. The only weapons we got hold of were um, uh, oars. A, a machete no was it a cleaver cleaver and a uh, hammer and then a hammer in the end and a paddle right. oh no that is an <laughs> <laughs> no we've got a broom as well stop sorry. sticking your oar in down <laughs> it's uh. a paddle actually <laughs> um, so yeah actually Dan I'll stand corrected Dan did call it I wouldn't say it's dead awesome but I would say it's oh. definitely got potential was that a joke I wouldn't dead. say dead Awesome. Oh, yeah. Right. No, it wasn't a joke. No. You're right, it wasn't a joke. Okay. So, and then PlayStation Vita. Dan? Brilliant. Um, going in, I think, like on the past couple of podcasts, I've been a little bit kind of, I've approached it with a little bit of caution, but going and actually picking it up and playing with it, it I think it's actually fantastic. I mean, it feels like a really solid device. Um, it looks amazing. The screen's the Gorgeous. resolution is beautiful. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting something a lot bigger and a bit a lot bigger and a lot chunkier. Yeah, it's, it's not. It's light. Sleek, yeah. It's thin. Uh, it's a good size, I think, yeah. for gaming. I think the the, the, the two uh, analog sticks yeah. just work perfectly. Mm. Um, like one of the US guys wrote a feature uh, or an article that went up yesterday saying that it's uh, it's uncomfortable to use for an extended period of time. Oh, but I find that with DSs. I mean, and three yeah. DSs is that square thing, especially when I was playing FIFA today. Is I I, I get quite in- engrossed in it and I end up gripping it and my hands go like yeah. gnarly from playing it and like I showed you yesterday my thumb had gone funny from playing <laughs> yeah, all those really. games it was just like twitching <laughs> so I think that could be levelled at anything really yeah. um, and Vita yeah it probably yeah. is difficult to hold after a while but the, the touch stuff is brilliant like I mean we both played Uncharted and I think we sort of both agree that the way that they'd implemented the tilt and the touch functionality wasn't gimmicky it was added in if you want to use it and it made sense like you said it felt really natural didn't it yeah it's, it just enhances how you can play the game yeah. so it just gives you options it's like I thought the uh, the touch to the painting walls thing as they described it where yeah. if you're going along ledges you basically go point along the ledges you want to go and then he just does it I thought that was really smart and it yeah. works for Uncharted because a lot of the time with Uncharted is the, the fact that it's such a beautiful game to look at yeah. is that if you're just concentrating on how Drake's get, Nathan Drake's getting across yeah. then you could miss some of that but what they've done is you can you can trace your path let him follow it and just look, sit back and watch yeah, him right. do his thing That's which is cool. which is cool and then yeah. with the sniper rifle to to aim it you actually sort of tilt the controller around and it's actually well, quite I, I was watching you doing that and I was thinking that looks really confusing but actually when I got my head around it it wasn't the fact you were tilting it it was like you were moving yeah, yeah. moving As the, if it was moving like the Vita aiming to um, it's hard to describe on a podcast but you're using it like um, a screen in, yeah. into the into the, into the it's distance. like some of the iPhone games that came out for iPhone 4 using the gyroscope mm. and you've literally got to sort of spin yourself around to aim your gun and look like right up and above you and it was like the um, the shield pose demo yes. that we played yeah. on Wii U as well. So yeah. so that that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I think we were both really impressed with that. And we had a blast at Little Big Planet as well, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, Little Big Planet. Uh, they said uh, we played a couple of levels uh, on that. Um, and again, the, the the way they've utilized the different controls. Uh, so you know, normally on Little Big Planet, there's objects that you can move around yep. with Sackboy. 
one of those like objects you can move around yourself with your finger. So he can move stuff around himself by grabbing it and pulling it. But if there's stuff that he can't move, you can move it for him. Right, okay. So you can use it to uh, to block exits or do different things. And one of the really cool things was there was obviously you've got the touchscreen on the back and on the front, which seems a bit silly, but and on Little Big Planet, in that world where it's very tactile anyway. Yeah. There's like a puzzle section where you had to climb up. So what you would do is you would push the sections out from the back and he would jump on. Right. And then you could push another section out and he could jump on. And then if he needed to get out, you could push the section back in using the front Uh, panel and moving it back back and forward using the the, the different touch screens. Yeah. And there's also like a piano on the screen that you could play and all all those really cool sort of different things you could do with, with that. And I think for Little Big Planet, once that gets open to... The community. Yeah. You'll see some amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. Kill me. Sorry. Can I take this? No. So once they open that up to the community, that'll be, um, should be quite exciting. Yeah. But especially when you consider what we've seen on the PS3 iterations of Little Big Planet, like from community. Definitely. And um, they, one of the things that we played was a two player thing that they said that they'd uh, said open to developers and said, uh, what can you do with it? And a day later, hours, yeah, yeah, they they'd come back with this little uh, air hockey thing, which was touchscreen between two players. Right. Which is really cool. Yeah. And what else did we see in the, the PlayStation area? Uncharted 3 multiplayer. Yeah, which, cool. uh, yeah, I struggled with a little while because it was, I couldn't get the invert out. But um, yeah, once we figured that out. It was quite interesting. I've yeah. never played Uncharted multiplayer. I don't think it's something no. that, that appeals to me that much. But No. I don't think it's one of those things that's, you know, fun for a bit, but it's not the kind of killer app no. that it is for other games. Speaking of which, I played some Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare 3. Yeah. Um, Spec Ops. Now, it's not the same Spec Ops that it was in uh, Modern Warfare 2. It's a new mode, survivor mode, where you and a buddy team up. Uh, and it's, you know, it's nothing new, but it's still really, really smartly done. Um, so and you were saying how impressive it looked. Um, uh, yeah, it or looks how it ran. No, yeah, exactly. I think the thing that you know is easy to forget, forget about Call of Duty, like when you're watching a demo and someone else playing it, is that the gunplay is so tight and it feels really solid. Uh, running at um, I don't know a really sort of fast. I don't know if it's thirty or sixty frames a second. I'm He's not sure. sixty frames a second, but it's fast and um, and it does feel really really satisfying. So it just started off sort of slow with me and the the guy from Infinity Ward, just with pistols taking a few guys out. But then you earn cash depending how well you do. So if you get kill streaks or uh, um, you know headshots etc. Go on rampages, you get more points. You go to the ammo dumps, you can spend those points on better. Better weapons, a um, little bit of Windy Pops there, sorry about that. Listeners, <laughs> <laughs> drinking beer while we're podcasting. Um, and so it ended up, like, I think we like, sort of got to sort of level nine, by which point, you know, you had like these little helicopters like, coming in over the top and uh, taking uh, pot shots at you. Then they dropped off this, this juggernaut guy who was in super heavy armor with a kind of minigun and dogs with C4 strapped to them running around blowing things up. So it was pretty intense. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know what? I liked it. I thought it was good. And I saw the same two um, uh, levels that they showed uh, before. So the London level I saw again, and then I saw the um, New York submarine level. And, and you know, it's, it is it is what it is, but, you know, I'll, I'll play it, and hopefully it'll, it'll be better paced than Modern Warfare 2. That was mm. my biggest criticism mm. of that game. So, But I enjoyed it. So There you go. Um, and then uh, the only other thing stuff that I saw today was some Sega stuff now one of which I think Tom you saw yesterday Colonial Marines no I've not seen it yet oh Colonic Marines 
Dan, uh, you've seen it. Yeah, I saw oh, it. Oh, you saw it. it. So, yeah. uh, and I, it was actually much better than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, what sets it apart from Alien versus Predator? Uh, I you know, it's, I, do you know what? Because I haven't played Alien versus Predator that much. It's hard to say. But what they have done really, really well is kind of a. It's co-op. Yeah. So um, they started off with like single player, and then you were running through. It was paced really nicely. Uh, the set pieces were kind of um, presented in the game, but not so in your face uh, that it got in the way. Um, and like there was one bit where you're holed up in the kind of control room uh, on the planet, uh, you know, LV426, from aliens, for example. So it's little things like that that are quite nice. Uh, and the aliens were really well kind of like um, realized. So they literally came from every direction, popping out the sides and dragging Marines away. And, you know, it's everything that you kind of want from a, mari- uh, a space marine game. Oh, uh, colonial marines. Colonial marines, yeah. Did you have um, it introduced by Randy Pitchford? No, I didn't. I had it. Uh, uh, bizarrely, it was another Randy. Uh, I can't remember his surname. But uh, there's a lot but of Randy's at uh, Gearbox. Randy Pitchford introduced ours, and he said that this was actually a direct sequel to the last film. Yes, yeah, the, the archives said the same thing. Really, really. Well, uh, which, what do you mean, last film? So, Aliens. This is the, okay. this is the sequel to Aliens, that Alien 3 was the sequel to Alien, is the way they put it. Right, okay. Um, so it's obviously all about balls out action. Um, Did your character have his balls out? Uh, well, it's first person shoot, and I never look down. So <laughs> <laughs> may have done, um, but yeah, th- uh, it looks it looks surprisingly good. And then the only other Sega game that I saw was called Rise of uh, Rise of Nightmares, which is a Kinect game. Uh, and for all the stuff that they showed at um, the Microsoft press conference, this is the adult mature Kinect game. Uh, or the most adult mature connect game I've ever seen because it starts off with this guy and you're sat in a torture chair and there's a guy opposite you who's also in a torture chair and then this kind of stereotypical I can't remember if he was like East European or whatever but guy sort of like talking to him trying to get him to talk cuts off his hand with an axe and it's like oh that's a bit using connect no 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 (laughs) you're you're watching it happen okay so he cuts off his hand with an axe and blood comes out. It doesn't scream that much, actually. I'd probably scream quite a lot if someone cut my hand off. Uh, and then to shut him up, so he wedges the axe in his head. Ooh. And it's like, wow, that's pretty hardcore. Um, and then the game itself, it's kind of weird. So you're obviously standing up to control it. So to move forward, you put a foot forward. Uh, to steer your character, you basically turn your shoulders. Um, and then to fight, you basically raise your dukes and then put, put your hands out to pick up objects. So it took quite a long time to get used to the controls. Um, and progress was pretty slow because of that, because I was literally swinging from left to right while zombies were coming to me. But you can pick up a chainsaw, you do a chainsaw motion, then cut through them and stuff like that. So Was it responsive? It, it's so hard to say whether it was responsive or not, because it's such a new control method. Mm. Um, it felt really awkward to begin with. But, you know, by the end of the demo, I kind of got the hang of it. And they've put a few shortcuts in there. So if you hold your hand up in a specific uh, gesture, then you'll it will automatically move you forward. But it's not like it's on rails because it will move you forward saying that you've got to go through that door. But if that door's locked, then it's up to you to manually go and find the key, which right. incidentally is hidden in a toilet bowl filled with blood. So mm. nice. Uh, gritty. And it, what about if you wanted to turn? Can you just move your head in it? No, so it's not. It was It's shoulders. 
Right. Um, he did say that there is some kind of uh, head gesturing, but like there's zombies that spit kind of like you know acid blood or what looked like acid blood. Of you have to kind of like wave your hands to kind of clear the screen and stuff like that. So there's lots of gestures in there. Yeah. And the further you move your foot forward, the faster you walk. Right. So. Um, All right. A stark contrast to Connect, which just was the, the controls were terrible. Like you, which Connect? Uh, sorry, Connect Star Wars. Right. Where you step, you step your foot forward to rush forward, and yeah, just didn't work half the time. And really, you use your left hand to use the force, and right with the lightsaber. It just, this just was just random. It was yeah. Well, it's it's you know it's one of these things that if you picked up a weapon with your left hand by holding it out, then the weapon would be in your left hand, for example. So it's quite clever in that respect. Hmm. But it comes back to the age-old argument. It's like, you know, if that was a normal game, I'd be far more proficient at getting through it mm. than I was in this. So, yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But that's pretty much all I saw this today. That's So, well, yeah, I mean, we, me and Dan finished off with something quite exciting. But before that, I went and saw Sonic uh, Generations, uh, which wasn't that busy. Like, people don't seem to be that interested in it. No. Um, but I played the two different types of levels. So I played the classic Sonic level, which was... Uh, Side scrolling, and uh, I still felt that the the physics were a bit sluggish. Uh, it, he was slow to jump, right? But when you saw it running in 3D, uh, it looked brilliant. Like the way that they'd had the the the, the vistas going off into the landscape into the distance, it yeah. looked really cool. Uh, and there was a real sort of mixing in, of pace for it. So it wasn't just whizzing around, and it wasn't just platform to platform. It was a yeah. real good steady mix of both. Uh, and then on the 3D level, 3D level, 3D Sonic, I'm not really taken with, but um, I can no. see how it can be fun. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I I quite like that. I, okay. I, I'm quite interested to see that again. And then we and Dan went and saw Arkham City. Yeehaw. Ah, oh, so you haven't seen that. Yeah. So I'm going to see that first good. thing tomorrow. I'm very excited about seeing it. I don't know how much we can say about the first part of the demo. Are we not allowed to say anything? Well, I don't know. I don't want to spoil it for Alex. <laughs> oh screw him! Okay, so what, is is there a surprise in I mean, there? Are, are we are we embargoed? No, you're no, not embargoed. No, embargoed. You're not embargoed. Well, it's, it's about spoiling my fun for it. Tell you what, why don't I put my? You tell the listeners. I'm going to put my fingers in my ears. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the first part of the level you play as, the, or the demo you play as Catwoman. Yeah. And, uh, and she's awesome. And she's awesome. The way when you duck, oh sorry, when you crouch, she doesn't just kneel down. She goes on all fours and prowls around like a kitty cat, which is awesome right yeah uh, and then towards the end of the level there is uh, or the end of the demo there was a penguin oh, I didn't get to that bit I, what because I I stupidly died uh, so yeah so yeah. the penguin's in there and he it, when they say he's cockney he's not cockney he's British right so um, that was pretty oh, cool so I, well, I, I got a hostage shot actually I didn't die pretty good so Alex back in the room so uh, without spoiling anything um what else did we see? So, um, just judging we, by the gestures you were doing, it looks like I don't know the Batman gets sucked off by Two Face. Is that what happened? <laughs> 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 That's what happened when me and Dan were waiting to go in. Um, um, so, the, obviously, it's an open world. Yeah, and, and sort of, I think we heard before that to get to your next destination, you put a marker, which is a bat symbol in the sky. But yeah. kind of how you get there seems to be up to you. So. You know, you, so many paths you can take, and you just soar up into like um, onto the rooftops, and then just sort of like glide down and sort of kick a goon in the face. It's good fun. And there's an awesome new way of going gliding as well, where you speed drop. Did you try that? So instead of, of when you bomb. when you glide, you you dive bomb, yeah. and if you do that and then pull back up, you mm, go even higher high. than yeah, yeah, yeah than you than you had done before. That was really cool. And the new um, what do they call it? Where you shoot a 
thing. Grapple, oh, grapple the gun. remote control. No, the grapple. Gun. Yeah, the, gra- oh. the grapple gun where you shoot. But now, now when you're grappling across, you can turn to the right and then grapple at right angles to it or oh, okay. stuff. So that's pretty cool. So you can right. you, you literally could go from end of the city to the end of the city just using that right. between points. So that was cool. Um, combat seems to be improved so um, if you've got three people coming at you and you need to counter all three you can triple tap and that will counter all three of them at the same Mm. time which was pretty sweet yeah um uh the riddler so there was two bits there was the bit in the courthouse which I didn't do did you do that yeah okay oh oh, there's the other bit with the riddler which is where you go and uh, rescue a a hostage oh right yeah I did um the bit in the courthouse where you save Catwoman yeah I didn't do that bit yeah I just Finding yeah, around, really going um, from place to place, but uh, it was really good. It felt like Batman. Arkham. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why I wasn't. I wasn't blown away. Um, Isn't that it, because you knew that it was going to yeah, be you good knew anyway? It was be brilliant. Yeah, so, I guess yeah. I was. It was kind of expected. Yeah. One thing I wasn't quite sure about was the fact that you could just walk around the streets of Arkham City. No. Because I just think that uh, if it's Arkham City, then he should be in danger all the time, right? Uh, well, having not sort of seen that stuff, it's no. hard to say. I, well, I guess the people just pass you by. No, no, not that they pass you by, but you could you could walk around the bottom of the streets and not be in danger because there's not goons on every corner. Yeah, which kind of I was expecting, but that that's not the case. But then yeah. I guess in Arkham Asylum, it wasn't like every, all the time there was goons on every corner, no, right? It no, was no. it was in in certain places, but yeah. Um, still, yeah, it was really cool. So. This is probably going to be our last, last podcast from E3. Yeah. So what is your highlight of the show, Dan? Um, I really, really like Dead Island. And I was saying to Tom earlier, it's it wasn't... Well, I mean, obviously there's sort of Arkham City and Uncharted, which is sort of just yeah. at, at a, a peak. But for me, it was a really pleasant surprise because I think it's an awesome game and I'm 110% looking forward to getting it wow um, and it was it's like the surprise of the show almost which yeah, yeah, for yeah, me yeah. is and um, also highlight would be Vita right yeah I, I think it's been a really interesting show from all three of the major publish uh, uh, consoles yeah I think each each one has had something to bring um I think Microsoft, the stuff that they're doing with the Kinect, although people still aren't sold in it, I think it yeah. could be potentially really exciting. Yep. I think Sony, um, with Vita, have a really cool handheld on their hands. Interestingly, Amazon uh, put some prices up for it today, 230 for the uh, Wi-Fi one. That's yeah. not too bad. No, yeah. which is what the price of the 3DS was in some places, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then Nintendo just really pushing the 3DS but also with this Wii U uh, yeah. a whole new concept so I think it's been really strong on all three yeah. fronts really that for me like Wii U is the standout thing mm. just because it just feels different mm. um, but in terms of games I guess Battlefield 3 yeah, um, yeah. You know, if you're a PC gamer then that will blow your socks off um, but there's been so many good games like Bioshock Infinite looked amazing mm. um, again difficult to kind of see how what it's like to play but in terms of the demo it was like you know, good god that was amazing um, and then you know I'm really looking forward to seeing Batman tomorrow so yeah amazing show lots of FPS's but an amazing show but good god I'm knackered <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did promise that maybe we might get some other um, of the iGen uh, editors on here but uh, that hasn't happened but we, it's because just through sheer uh, well, it's one of those things that um, we either do loads of content for the site for people to look at and for people to read, or we uh, spare a couple of people uh, to do this. And 
well, you know, the logistics we're, we're, we're are easy to spare us. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not we're not at the uh, at the show right now. We're in a hotel, like ten minutes away in a car. Yeah, the plan was to come here. was to do it in the workroom that we share with our US buddies. But uh, the fact of the matter is, is to have like four people being gobby in a corner. I think we just probably get torrents of abuse. So yeah. we chose to do it in well, Tom and Dan's uh, hotel room whilst drinking Sapporo. Yeah, hurrah! Lovely American beer. Yeah. Um, so well that, I think that probably is it for our E3 special podcast uh, we hope you've enjoyed listening to them as much as we enjoyed putting them together I so guess there's another UK one kicking about there is yeah so I spoke to Chris back in the UK office they've uh, well they're putting one together this week and uh, Game Changer uh, winner Lydia will be on it so you should definitely listen out for that uh, and they'll be talking about obviously you know their take on E3 from across the pond so yeah keep on listening and uh, keep on giving us nice ratings on iTunes yes. so until next time Bye. Bye. See you on the flip side. Uh, Hello. I don't even like it. Go oh, on. Li- oh, literally, this is going to be a waste of beer. He likes beer. Drink it. Come on. Help me loosen up. Dan Kilby is drinking a beer. There you go. Look, he fucking loves it. Do you know what? The more you drink it, the more you like it. It's as simple as that. It's like semen. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.